Hello everyone, and welcome to VR Verdict, episode 68, our weekly podcast where we talk about everything VR. I am PJ. I'm Wookie. And we'd like to share VR with you. If you're listening to us, thank you. Uh, we are available on all major podcast platforms, not just Podbean. So share it with your friends if you would. Say Wookie. What? We've spent a lot of time watching anime and shit in our childhood. Mm-hmm. A lot of cool shows. Berserk, Kenshin, tons to name. Yeah, we could do a whole podcast on that. But <laughs> we're about to talk to a guy who's making a game reminiscent of those titles we love. Do tell. And I can't wait. We're joined by Justin from Tab Games, sharing his game Samurai Slaughterhouse coming maybe the end of the year, maybe maybe in the spring. We'll see. But check the links in the show notes below. Look at some screenshots or videos. The game is looking amazing. It's very striking. You'll find out this gentleman does all the work, does the music. The music is great, fits right in. But he does it, he explains he does it in such a way that when he purchases an asset, he still makes it his own. So it's yeah. like he, he knows what he wants and he takes appropriate shortcuts to get there. So exactly Good stuff. Life lesson. Definitely check it out and get him some feedback or get us some feedback and we'll pass it on. Hey, there you go. Is that better? Yep. All right. How's it going? Good, good. Yeah, glad to be on. Had a little bit of a, a micro disaster before coming on. I went to grab my condenser microphone and brought down like my whole CD collection. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> can you recreate that while we're recording <laughs> yeah are they in like those old jewel cases like what would that yeah, sound they're... like <laughs> yeah they're all in jewel cases there is a couple picture frames one broke oh no but, uh, um, my no. it was an empty one just dunk, but yeah <laughs> made a big old mess i was like man try to give myself enough time to figure out the condenser microphone before i came on too and that happens last minute <laughs> yeah yeah I have. I still have like a a shelving of actual CD cases, and there's like four of them in there that are like you know hard to find, different color type of things, and those are the only ones that ever get the tabs broken off. It's like, <laughs> of course. Are you gonna say something, Woogie? Sorry, I was gonna say, did any CDs pop out? Because I've had that happen with not two hundred or so, but it's just like a it's a heart wrenching thing when you hear those jewel cases and the little hinges break and then you hear that clang from like the cds smacking something and rolling away yeah a couple no no casualties though but i had one uh four four cd like collection it was just the oldies mm. like put on one but that, that jewel case did not survive at all <laughs> <laughs> and nowadays like you can even get those i don't even remember if you can buy those in the store i always had like 10 lying around i could switch and fix mine but <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. And then I found my CD spindle, too, of blank CDs that will never be burned. <laughs> no one has it for them. <laughs> nice. I probably still have like a 50 or 100 stack, now that you mentioned that, like in a Tupperware container in the closet. I'm sure I have some. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, yeah well, old technology. <laughs> well, Wookie, this is Tab. Tab, this is Wookie. Hey, Tab. <laughs> hey, nice to meet you. <laughs> Do Sorry you... to hear about the misfortune right away. Yeah. Oh, that's all right. I'm having a better night now. <laughs> Do you prefer to go by Tab? 
Oh, you can just call me Justin. Uh, okay. Tab is like a common nickname, but yeah, Justin's my real name. All right. This is Justin from Tab Games, maker of Samurai Slaughterhouse, for those listening. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, we're just going to chat about the game and a couple other things. So we're pretty laid back here, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> oh, cool. yeah, I'm, I'm ready. How did you guys, uh, did you guys get a chance to try the demo? Yeah, I, uh, you're kind enough to send a build our way. Um, that guy's messaging you. I Something happened. It was either a driver or a headset issue or something, right? When I clicked on your game, but like all hell broke loose. I'm like, oh, crap. But it wasn't your game at all. I'm not, I'm not blaming you at all. <laughs> it was, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure like uh, my graphics card driver updated, and that's the first time anything like that's ever happened. I'm having a lot of those this week already. <laughs> it's on Monday. But yeah, once I got in there and it was working, it was awesome. It felt just like being in a really awesome anime cartoon, like picking up a weapon and cutting people up and just the, the look of it. Like it, it's all in black and white aside from the blood, of course, but it just feels really good. I was running through the forest being chased by a bunch of guys because I suck at it. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to, hard to balance it when you're the only person playing it, because then <laughs> you, keep, you keep fighting the same guys over and over. They keep seeming easier and easier. <laughs> I'm just curious how you got to this point. Is this the first game you've ever worked on? Uh, yeah, the first game I ever worked on seriously, um, probably since I was maybe, shoot, probably like fifth or sixth grade. I've always been into making games. I downloaded a, like RPG Maker and Click and Play, all those nice. like kind of amateur games and i made some for the for the being in those engines some pretty unique things i think but uh yeah just just recently about a year or so ago i decided to uh i think really just my love for vr is what made me want to start taking it seriously and uh you know up until this point there's just so many indie games and like any game you can think of there's probably like 10 of them out there but now with vr it's kind of new um, someone said it's like the Wild West, so there's not <laughs> every game's not already made, so there's actually an opportunity to create something unique, I think, if you're making for VR. Yeah, there I don't think we've really scratched the surface much. But your your game, like I said, it's in black and white and then the blood's red and everything, but it is it is super striking. Even the screenshot is like, wow, that looks amazing. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah. Definitely took a lot of work is uh I mean, as you can imagine, it's just two colors, black and white. It's really easy for just everything just to become a blob and like you can't see anything at all. So yeah. it was a, a lot of balancing of like the light and darkness with the materials and that, that look. So how long have you been working on the game? So I first started, I guess you could stay in September, but I first did like a, a low poly prototype. Um, it was a lot different. It had some kind of weird... I thought they were interesting concepts, but then as it went on, it turned out they turned out to be weird ones that weren't so great. For instance, um, now the game is kind of a more of a traditional action adventure. You walk around, you kill people like you expect you would. But in the original one, everything, the whole world was on this giant grid and you would kind of move grid spaces almost like a board game. And every time you moved a space, it had a chance to trigger a random battle. And then you would only be able to move around in a small area. Um, and it, I kind of got the idea from Pokemon, like, because I knew when I was playing Pokemon, like, one of the best sense of adventures is when you go a long time without seeing a town and you're getting all these random battles and your Pokemon are all about to die and you finally reach the town. And you're like, oh, thank goodness I'm there. Like, I kind of <laughs> wanted to to capture that moment. 
But the thing was, I chose the the most annoying mechanic from that game to <laughs> duplicate into my game, which is, <laughs> you know, trying to get around somewhere and you can't because you're hitting random battles constantly. <laughs> so uh, that takes me back to like Earthbound and Breath of Fire and shit when you say that. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I, I love the story and I want to experience the adventure, but I just hate the gameplay. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't play those games like. Don't do the random battle. Show, like show a monster on the map and have him run towards me or something like that. Don't just when in the middle of walking take my screen away and put me in a turn-based fight. Just flip a table and go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that had to get dumped, and then uh, it's it's uh, the whole thing. I I decided since I was overhauling that, I was kind of looking. I'm like, you know what? I don't really need to have this low poly of enemies and. Um, you know, the player controller is a simple hand. You grab the weapon, and once you grab the weapon, that's it. That's the weapon you're using until you change it. So I kind of, back in March, I overhauled, started overhauling everything from the ground up. Um, the blood effect got taken over and some of the materials. But pretty much everything you saw in that demo, I was just working on since March. So really just like three months besides the whole learning process of the first prototype. Now, I know you're an artist. Do you do all of the art for the game? So I don't do the modeling, like the 3D modeling. So the way it works is I'll buy a 3D model of a character that looks kind of similar to what I want to do. And then from there, I'll go in and just race his textures, redo all of the textures and all that from hand and get that going in there. So it's a little 50-50. Um, nice. And then all the, the 2D art, like the skyboxes you see in that, um, that's also kind of like 50 50 because I, I painted a lot of the mountains and stuff but some of the smaller details what i did is i went through museum websites and found old public domain um <laughs> Ushio, whatever it's pronounced those paintings those japanese and yeah. i kind of took them and chopped them up and resaturated the colors differently and so it's kind of a combination of my work and real actual EPO paintings <laughs> <laughs> that's a really neat idea though all right you're you're like a one-man team working on this, right? Yeah, it's just me working on it. So yeah, any way I can find like shortcuts and stuff, I, I do it. So, I mean, I, I, we've said it before on here, like someone that does this by themselves and chooses VR and it's their first time, it's like, that's just like so courageous to me because there's a lot of, you know, it's, it's a smaller user base and VR is kind of uh, maybe experimental, you would say, yeah, so my hat's off to you because that's mm. takes guts thanks yeah yeah it's uh <laughs> it, it, this thing is it's, it started off i didn't feel that crazy when i started off when i first started off i'm like <laughs> oh i don't want to spend a lot on models i want to want to pull out about my own money because i'm you know what if it doesn't do well and then now i'm like oh that guy looks good it's a hundred dollars all right let's just drop that no big deal <laughs> so, so it, it, you kind of commit to it a little at a time <laughs> sure the, the longer you go them which is like the more committed you are so what was the first vr experience that made you made it click for you like this is what i'm doing this is amazing uh so the first vr experience for me is i went to this thing um oh is it oh imax they have a, they call it the imax vr center um and now looking back at it, it's not that impressive. But at the time, not being familiar with VR, it was pretty cool. Like you kind of go in there and they had different stations set up. And uh, it turned out all it was was just like a couple headsets hooked into Steam games. But you pay it. It was almost like an arcade or a movie theater. Like you reserve a time 
yep. and you go and you get to play a VR game. So I remember um, the one that, that really blew me away, and it's just because they didn't have a big variety, but uh, what was it called? That? Oh, Raw, Raw Data. They had the Raw nice. Data, the multiplayer. So I played that with my wife, and I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. Yeah, that's pretty uh, good. Yeah, that was a good one. So that kind of blew me away. Uh, there they also had, you know, I found out too, is like a lot of the games they had there were actually free demos if you have yep. your own <laughs> VR headset. Like I played a Star Wars one where it's, uh, I think, something about tattooing or something, but you're kind of just there in a desert messing with yeah. R2-D2 for a couple yeah, seconds was... in a lightsaber pasta. I paid like, I think, 15 or $20 to play that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, then from there, I, uh, about a year or so later, I think I picked up the Oculus Quest, um, but I already had a gaming PC, so I picked it up with the intent of using it as like a PC peripheral. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's really any one game at that point that, that blew my mind. It kind of just all did. I remember being impressed with Arizona Sunshine and, of course, Half-Life Alex and Superhot was already one of my favorite games before <laughs> I played in VR. So, of course, that was like the first thing I picked up and it was even better in VR. So Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that, there's just a lot to love with VR. <laughs> there is, like you mentioned, super hot. That was one of. I think I was. I either saw a screenshot or a video, and that was kind of the first game that popped in my head when I saw Samurai Slaughterhouse because you know the colors are you know there's red and white and black and that's about it. So, like, is I just my brain was like, oh, what is this? Is it like bullet time like that or what is it? And then I just saw a video and it was just like, holy shit, he's. Jumping off crap, stabbing people. <laughs> Gotta have it. Yeah, I'm having fun making it. And I think um, with Samurai Slaughterhouse too, one thing I'm trying to do is a lot of times with VR, people are trying to move forward. They're making it, you know, an experience. It's not a game. It's more than a game. But I think I kind of want to take it back to, to being a video game. Just put all the things you expect to see in a video game. You know, inventory, towns, NPCs, just all the... I think sometimes you get so carried away with making things advanced, you forget about it, just letting it be a video game, which is something I want to do with Samurai Slaughterhouse. I'm happy to hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm up for the uh, experiences and stuff, because VR can definitely probably do that. But if somebody jumps in and just sees, you know, weirdly told stories, um, which I, I love, uh, I think... There's a there's a few out there that are just kind of like not finished. Could have spent more time in the oven, and sometimes you just need to chop some people up or shoot them. So <laughs> like yeah, it, for both. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I think there, there's definitely room for both because there are. You know, I played Vader Immortal, and being a Star Wars fan, I just blew me away, and I loved it. But it it is it is basically just like watching a movie almost there's yeah. a little bit of interaction you do feel like you're there you feel like you're in a star wars movie but you do feel like you're in a movie it doesn't feel like a full full length game and that's why i think vr does need a, a few at least a few more titles like that that are full games just regular traditional video games yeah i agree like very mortal for instance like it just makes you wanting to do more and see more like it's just like i let me move. Like, let me do that. I mean, yeah, when that be... fucking rancor pops up, holy shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> With four arms, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what my problem is when I play games. Like, I have so many ideas. Like, this would, they should have done this and that and that. If if I, I haven't played the Vader Immortal series, but if, if it's kind of like on rails, 
I would probably be like, no, I would, you know, just like grumbling <laughs> at the thing. Like, I want to, I want to chop this thing off and like, you know, force throw piles of garbage at stuff. They yeah. didn't let me. I'd be kind of mad. Yeah, definitely. And I know there's a lot of games out there too that it, I don't know why they, they didn't add a story mode because they have a full, <laughs> you know, kind of complete sandbox. And I guess maybe it's just time. Uh, you know, it's time consuming trying to make a story in different areas to explore. But I noticed that there are a lot of games that they have a full combat system and a nice sandbox, and it just doesn't seem like it would take that much more to, to give it a story. So I don't, I don't know what yeah. the thing up is. A <laughs> um, couple of those we've talked to said it's really like it's hard to think to present. Like you have to kind of make the person look somewhere, and if they're looking behind themselves, because you can in VR. Like they may miss something, that, so that kind of thing. But I've seen some some games do a really good job with it. So there's there's a happy medium in there. Yeah, yeah you definitely are restricted. There's all sorts of stuff where like cutscenes, a lot of story based, you know, regular games on Xbox and PC. Like I'm playing through the Mass Effect, you know, legendary remaster thing, and it's like, I forgot how many cutscenes are in games. And even in <laughs> you know, like Witcher Three, that's one of my all time faves. It's like. I'll forgive those two because, you know, they're, the stories are there and like Witcher is just, you know, like no no quest seems too small to do and they're all well voice acted. And it, I don't know, would would excessive cutscenes in a VR story make you sick? Because if you try to direct, if you if you try to make the player watch a cutscene, that might be weird. And if you try to direct their, their, you know, where they're looking, no matter where their head looked, that might just freak me out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a different storytelling medium. I remember uh, playing Skyrim VR, and you know, no, nothing <laughs> bad on that game. It's great. It's a wonderful game, but it wasn't initially made to be in VR. And in places, it shows. I remember I was uh, playing, and I was at the part, um, the Nordic, the Jarl of somewhere was <laughs> kind of talking about Nordic politics for like five, six minutes, and I'm sitting yeah. there, and my back is hurting, and I'm like, man, I want to go. <laughs> you know, hit stuff with the swords and shoot the arrows, and it's just not yeah. not paced well. So it's definitely a different storytelling medium. I think you have to kind of take that into account. Too much yeah. jibba jabba. Yeah, <laughs> 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 would say. And also, it's like some games are. You know, if you were to play um, like a Grand Theft Auto, if they made a full VR game or something like that, you're driving in cars and then you're running around shooting people. How would that work in VR? Like, a, and because that game. The Rockstar game story modes are, you know, 90 hours long. Like, there's just <laughs> Red Dead took forever to finish. Not that I was mad about it, but it's a friend of mine just sent me a screenshot compared to he's still playing it. And he's got three <laughs> days played and I've got 24 <laughs> days on Red oh. Dead 2. And he's like, did you fall asleep with that on? Um, <laughs> like, yes, uh, maybe. I but like played the gta vr mod and that's the only way i've ever played the story and like as long as it's not like melee combat where you gotta swing your arms and stuff like shooting and stuff is fine like getting in and out it's, of a car and running around it's fine if you're sitting down because that game is made to be played sat down but if you're like make a vr game if they made full vr where you're running around and doing you know like vr shooter stuff and that was the gta on foot and then you had to sit down and get in a car <laughs> like do you have like a chair attachment on your butt where you just kind of sit down <laughs> or do you just kick a chair that's that's near you when you're in a gunfight? I don't know. It'd be interesting yeah. to see somebody do that, but it's. I have concerns. 
I think with No Man's Sky, I experienced that too. Because then it's yeah. like, do I fly the ship standing up or do I explore sitting down? I don't know. <laughs> and then, oh. Uh, oh, Payday 2. They have a not very yeah. many, but there's a couple driving scenes in that game. And they definitely are awkward in VR. <laughs> we, yeah, that kind of mod for that. But, um, yeah, we tried a mod that gave you like better locomotion. Never got it to work. The mod creator just on Steam like stopped talking to me about I, it. I somehow got it to work after like a month, and I don't know what I did, but I haven't. Like, I'm afraid to like uninstall or update it. I'm like, I don't want to touch it, <laughs> break it. Because you do crouch a lot, and you like sneak through fences you cut and stuff. So it's like it's really neat in VR. But like with uh, No Man's Sky, like having like I that's a sit down game for me because I play a lot of games standing up. So when I get tired, it's like oh, switch to that. <laughs> yeah. And I get that. That's a good blend of both. It's just sort of like, how would you introduce both? I don't think you, I don't think there's a mechanism ready for VR to have, you know, sitting down yeah. and standing up in the same game. <clears throat> Any like or, pants that like get hard when you sit down or something like that. <laughs> there's like a <laughs> electromagnetic pants chair. <laughs> yeah. Like a super elastic, like swing that you can just lean back and sit and then stand right up. <laughs> That might do it. As if, oh. like, having to anchor the headset to the roof wasn't enough. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta anchor yourself <laughs> in. And then you gotta take a dump. <laughs> oh, God, you gotta unzip this harness. You like skydiving every time you play. <laughs> <laughs> or one of those baby, like, chairs that they hang in, like, a door frame. <laughs> You're just like, you know, the baby's trying to get at whatever's going on, and it just can't. And just put like a treadmill pad under your feet, you'll be good. <laughs> so getting back to your game. Um, <laughs> a little off topic. <laughs> we do that a lot. Sorry. Um, as a developer, like, I'm sure you have just immense amount of ideas. I'm always curious, how do you choose like what to put in and how to scale and kind of deliver like a final product like do you have something in mind or you just kind of work and try it see what happens or yeah a lot of time it's kind of a, a cost reward type situation i look you know how hard is this to to put in the game and how many people are going to care if the game has this so <laughs> if it's something that you know not a lot of people are asking for but it'll take only a few minutes to put in that i don't mind adding it but um some people ask for crazy things like, is there going to be a color mode? I'm like, well, uh, all the textures are done by hand, so probably not going to go back and redo everything in color. But, uh, you know, if people are like, oh, I want the blood to be, be able to be black instead of red. You know, that's something easy, an option I can put. Um, but yeah, a lot of times it's just just yeah, cost the benefit. Like There's a few things that were a little harder, like uh, I don't know if you saw recently, I started putting up some of the dialogue system. Mm -hmm. So the NPCs can kind of say things. You could pick different choices. That was a little more challenging, but that was something I knew I wanted because it would add a lot to the game. Um, can't think of a good example, but I'm sure there's <laughs> other things. There are some things that you know, it's not that you don't want to put them in the game. It's just the amount of effort it would take to yeah. put it in won't necessarily pay off. Is there like a stealth option in the game or are you working towards that or is it kind of just full on action where you just. Yeah, you will be able to use stealth. Um, the, the enemy detection isn't so great in the version I sent you, but I'm improving that. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you noticed, but in addition to having just regular smooth stick movement, you can use teleport movement. 
Mm-hmm. And part of the way I'm setting up the game, a lot of the other levels, not so much the one you saw, but a lot of the other areas, as you're going through them, they're going to kind of have different height levels. So you will be able to take a higher route and be looking nice. down on the enemies to kind of plan how you want to come down on them. And uh, also some projectiles, put some bows too. I'm thinking those will probably have limited ammo, so people don't abuse them. But yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. stealth will definitely be an option. I think I'll have areas where stealth is the better option because there's just going to be too many enemies around to go about it another way. Nice. Yeah, the first time I fired up the build you sent me, I picked up a sword and I went out in the first room and a guy came at me and I think I took him out, but the second guy came up and I, I don't know what I did, but somehow my sword got stuck in the wall and I couldn't get it out. (laughs) So I was like (laughs) running around in a circle and I grabbed the dead body. They wanted to get that guy killed. I grabbed his sword and then took the other guy. It was pretty cool. I like literally like grabbed the sword with both hands and I, I, my body went to put my foot up on the wall. That's non-existent (laughs) and pull it out. (laughs) What do you do? Like in a movie? (laughs) Yeah. Is that Because he was coming at like I could see him out of the corner of my eye. I'm like, shit. Like, oh, no. (laughs) It's pretty good. That's awesome. Yeah, that's one of the things that definitely needs to be balanced. (laughs) The sword, it's it's all, it's just different numbers for everything. There's how how likely the sword is to get stuck in the wall and how likely the wall is to have something get stuck in it and (laughs) how, how much force the player's hand can pull on the weapon before it loses grip and it's just so many different things to balance. But yeah, Hopefully it will get we'll get it right. <laughs> no, I'm sure you will. And I I've played a lot of alphas, so I like I'm not judging or anything. It's just funny. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a feature, not a bug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the weapon actually it it is made to, to get stuck in the walls, but <laughs> hopefully it shouldn't get stuck that easily. Especially not those walls. Those are supposed to be the thin little house walls that the things just go right through. <laughs> Maybe like the trees, things like that. The weapons get more stuck in. <laughs> so, do you have a like a what time frame are you planning for like release? And what's your kind of roadmap to getting to release? Like, how do you prioritize certain things in the game for that? So, right now, I'm I'm trying to get funding to hopefully be able to quit my day job and just work on the game. If that's the case, I'll, you know, there'll mostly likely be the publisher that's deciding how it's going to launch, True. which they'll most likely want, uh, you know, traditional launch. Like, here's the day the game is going to come out. And on that day, the game launches and just like any other game. Uh, and if, if that's the case, we're looking at probably early 2022, probably February, March, like first quarter. Uh, otherwise, which this may look like the route we're going down because you guys have probably heard of this. It's really hard to get anyone to, to put money into VR games. It's mm-hmm. everyone's afraid to make that investment. So I, what's more likely going to happen is I'll probably be doing an early access, in which case the way I want to do it, I want to have all the features in the game and have the game itself really well polished, but it'll just kind of be the first like chapter of the story. And sure. then the rest of the story will come out. Um, in which case for that, uh, probably like October, this year at the latest would be it hopefully a little sooner uh the plan right now right now we're still i'm still getting some of the basic features so i have the dialogue the quest system the combat is almost there just needs a few last little tweaks and then the inventory system needs to be done and uh that will probably put put us about middle of july uh 
where all the systems for the game itself are done, but we just need content. So from there, I'm going to be working with voice actors. Uh, I may get some help with writing the story because that's not one of my previous talents is story writing. <laughs> so I may get some help with that. And uh, yeah, hopefully by there, we should be able to get something maybe October by the latest, like get out a first release or what to try out, um, you know, give their input and then we can just add on to it from there. Awesome. I've always kind of wondered, you know, VR seems perfect for like episodic content. Uh, if you do it right now, like Oculus or like with, you know, Star Wars, uh, the Galaxy game or the Jurassic Park game where they didn't say it was going to be split up and just released it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, being with the shorter batteries for like mobile headsets and just time in VR, it always what kind of made more sense to my brain, like just do like episodic stuff and slowly release things. I thought that'd work really well. I think, too, it's just exciting for games in general. I remember uh, before Destiny launched and they were kind of just talking about how it was going to come out. One of the things they showed was someone got a notification on their phone that there was new story chapters available in the game. And I always thought that was cool. It's kind of like when, uh, you know, there's a really popular new show and a new episode comes out each week. Mm -hmm. And after that comes out, everyone gets together and talks about it and shares their theories. I just think that would be cool for video games to be similar where there's um instead of all the excitement just being you know that first month or so when the game launches and it just kind of dies out that, yeah um it's kind of stretched out you know there's new things being added people are excited about that and then you know people maybe be fan theories things like that people put out because they're anticipating the next story coming out yeah it just seems like you know you, you play a full release game and some people and i've done it like you burn through it in one sitting or a couple of good 40 hour weeks whatever it may be <laughs> And then you just don't hear about it or think days. about it. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the game like yours, like it's obviously highly driven by anime, I would assume. We need to have like a kind of like a progression of story, like like the shows follow. Yeah, and I like the one of the biggest inspirations from I used to read this comic called uh, or I don't know if you can call it a comic, it's almost like a magazine called Shonen Jump, and it was a uh, kind of a weekly comic book that came out and just had like a chapter from different like mangas, different like animes. And you would get to read a chapter from each story each week. And nice. I think that was cool. I think, it, you know, drawing inspiration from that. I like the idea of having the story just grow and progress as it advances. And it also gives people a chance to give their feedback on it. You know, what they like, what they don't like. Yep. It could help, uh, you know, form the development of the game. You know, I kind of, I don't remember if it was on Discord or on Twitter, but talked a little bit about anime. So what um, titles kind of inspired this or what is a couple of your favorite shows? So the biggest inspiration, and it's probably obvious based on like the music and style, is of course Samurai Champloo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Definitely got the uh, inspiration for the music from that. Um, Afro Samurai was another big one. I just really liked I think it's how bloody it was, really. <laughs> <laughs> Both awesome so far. <laughs> yeah, I love those. Um, you know, of course, like Ninja Scroll, uh, a big inspiration. And there's one on Netflix right now called uh, Doro Hidoro. And I, I don't know, thematically, my game's not very similar, but I just like just how crazy <laughs> that game is. There's kind of just, or that anime is, there's just kind of like, half animal people and giant insects walking around there's all this crazy stuff and i kind of want my game to just 
just have all kinds of crazy things in it too. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask you about that. I saw, you know, I was just fighting like human people, but you kind of had, um, I don't know what they, I might, I don't want to misspeak them, but like mythological creatures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like folklore creatures, definitely okay. stuff from Japanese folklore. Um, yokai, I think, is the most common term. I'm kind of researching and learning it myself, so I may say something wrong but yeah basically like the idea is that mythical creatures and um one of the the things i want to do in the game is this is also to kind of lengthen the game add a little bit of grinding to it but it'll be uh in order to craft certain items you know your formulas or spells things like that i guess you'll have to go and kill these mythical creatures and and harvest like the body parts from them and then you could take that into town and then the townspeople can make things for you and uh That'll be kind of like the end game too, because there'll be the grinding that you have to do to progress in the story. But then there'll be optional grinding players can do if you know they finish the game, but they they still want to keep playing, so it gives them something to do. Nice. Yeah, and you mentioned the music. Like, do you have someone writing it? Because it is fucking cool. <laughs> like, it just it makes it so good. So that's that's me too. In addition to wow. doing the the two D <laughs> art, I'm also producing the music. Uh, <laughs> I just, uh, it's my me and my keyboard I, I buy the keyboard i have that i take to my computer and then i also have purchased samples so it'll just be you know just random beeps and noises and things like that and you kind of just like remix it and make it into a song but yeah i've been that's on top of the other stuff that's another thing i've been doing is producing the music that's so impressive <laughs> this is awesome yeah and it was funny because I, I actually mainly did it for being cheap <laughs> when i was starting out, i was looking for music and the the cheap and free music i found a few and i spent a little bit of money but none of it was working good and then i found someone that their music was a little similar to new jobbies like it was close enough and i was like well let me see how much this would be and he was like oh you know what i really like your game i'll give you a really good deal 50 dollars per song and i'm like oh man that's 200 dollars for four songs i don't know about that like, yeah. at that point i think that had been about as much as i had spent on the game so far now i'm up to about 1500 but at the time that just seemed like a crazy mouse i'm like oh let me let me just do the music myself and i'm actually happy i did because it's now the music that i made for the game is exactly what i wanted it to be it's not something that i had to find that was you know kind of close to it I actually the kind of music that i wanted cool yeah that's really awesome like you can you know what you want but if you don't have the skill to like create it or even like explain it well like that's got to be frustrating yeah and of course, money. Money's always the biggest obstacle too, especially in <laughs> VR games. It's oh man, it's a pain trying to get anyone to to put money into VR. It was funny because, like I said, I was having headset issues the first night. I was trying to get it working, and like it would just lock everything up, but the music was still playing. So I, a couple of times, I'm like. I don't care. I'm just going to walk away. And I just turned the music up and walked away. <laughs> Made it all uh, better. I'm glad you like the music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny because uh, sometimes DJs will hear my music and they, and I'm not, you know, I've, I've played in bands before, but I'm not a professional, definitely not like a DJ or professional producer. And I'm like, oh, you know, this such and such thing is off and this is wrong. And I don't even oh. know what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, I think it sounds good and people that play the game like it. So it's good enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> So it has to be perfect just has to work. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think kind of just like the mood of it, you know, that's what's most important. 
So to you, like, what's the coolest aspect of your game, would you say? I think the coolest aspect, or at least maybe what I put the most effort into, which is really the only thing you got to see because there wasn't much in that demo, but <laughs> it's just like the melee combat itself. Um, I, I'm really trying to make the enemies actually, you know, challenging like when you see them you're not like oh that that's my victim that i'm gonna go just like slaughter right now <laughs> like i actually when you see a guy you know you're, you're gonna brace yourself you're gonna be ready to fight him uh, nice i've heard and i unfortunately haven't had the time to play as many of the other vr melee games out there as i as i would like to i know when i first started making the game there wasn't a lot so i was like oh you know this is gonna be one of only like two or three vr melee <laughs> games and now there's like a lot out there but at least the general consensus that I'm getting and from what I've seen is a lot of times when you go up to fight these guys, um, they're just your victims. You can go, you can rip their weapons out of their hands and just, yeah. just kill them like they're nothing. <laughs> so <laughs> I think with Samurai Slaughterhouse, I'm trying to to make the enemies actually a challenge. Like I, they kind of they take steps backwards, they sidestep, things like that to to kind of give you give you a fight. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's you play those games where it's like it is kind of a mindset like how will I kill this guy? I have these many options. <laughs> like, you know, it's not going to be a battle. You just, you're just kind of bored for choice and you're just like, I'll do this. <laughs> One thing I think would be cool too, is it is like I mentioned earlier, I'm trying to make it kind of more of a traditional gameplay. So I want the way the gameplay flow is going to work. And I thought this was kind of a given, but once I explained it to people, they're like, wow, really? It's going to be that in depth. Um, it's going to be kind of, traditional jrpg type gameplay style so you're gonna come into like a new area like a town or the way i want to do it is like each your your goal in the game you're you're part of a clan that's kind of hidden away um away from all like the other kind of wars where there's different factions trying to take over japan but um, or actually it won't be literal japan it'll be kind of a fictional area but basically all these factions are trying to take over the country and you know that your clan is not going to be able to stay out of it for long so you're kind of sent out into the world to kind of expand the, the clan's territory. So the way it'll work, you're going to first have to set up a, a base in like the new area. So that the area that you played in the demo, that's going to be one of the first bases you set up. Um, the way it'll work when you first get there, it's going to be run by an enemy clan. So you're going to go kill everyone, clear the people out there. So that's now your new base where you can store your items and um npcs like that join your team will show up there and then from there you're going to go into the town and in the town your goal is kind of to help the people so they'll give you different quests you know maybe they need something so you're going to go out and kill monsters to get what they need or have some kind of issue you need to resolve and after you've solved enough um you know quests in the town then that'll eventually open up kind of like a boss fight that you're going to be able to go to and once you complete that boss fight, then you'll take over that area and then you'll be able to go to a new new town. Hmm. And so I think that's one of the kind of things that'll kind of set it apart is there is going to be new areas that you're going to explore, new things you're going to see, new people you're going to talk to. It's not just the same, you know, you're killing new enemies in a, in a new room. It's going to actually be an adventure where you can explore. Nice. Yeah, exploration is my favorite part of most games. So I'm always glad to hear that, especially in VR, because there's not not a lot of them. So Yeah, and, there's not and then the you know, like like I mentioned, like with there's Skyrim and Fallout and Borderlands where 
they have a ton of content, but it's not, it wasn't originally made for VR. So the kind of, it's, it's good, good content and great games, but the cracks kind of show in some places. Mm-hmm. So I think that'll help this stand out that it was really made for VR. And, uh, I think that'll show in kind of in the narrative because I know when I was, like I said, when I was playing Skyrim, I, I took issue with there being too much dialogue and my back hurting while standing in one place. So I'm, I'm trying to make the, uh, the storytelling more interactive with Samurai Slaughterhouse. Um, you know, the characters will have some dialogue, but you'll actually be able to kind of go through their room and pick up their belongings and look at it. And um, I want to have the player kind of make small comments about things he picks up. So it'll be the story is kind of like spread out and more told through you interaction with the world, whether than it, it just being told to you. Nice. Yeah. Do you have, um, I'm trying to remember, maybe I didn't even try it. Like, do you crouch in the game and is it like physical or is it button press or? It's actually both, uh, just for convenience. Uh, you can physically crouch just like in any game. And, uh, you saw it's like a full body controller. There's like an actual guy, his mm-hmm. arms, you know, his head is wherever yours are. So that'll, that goes the same. Like when you crouch down, you're, or, uh, I guess you could say your collision box like shrinks, so you can definitely duck behind things and hide. And there's also a crouch button because not everyone wants to bend over and crouch when they're in VR. Yeah, I was just bringing that up because I it it's still like newer games that still come out to this day surprise me because when you're standing there playing VR with a headset on, like if you don't like get to move around or like crouch here and there or like are kind of forced to like your legs get super tired and lock up and it's just <laughs> i love having that like in skyrim when they have you know you can sneak around and stuff so i'm always like kneeling on the floor and crap <laughs> just um, so I, my legs don't wear out i completely forgot about that because <laughs> <laughs> i know i mean uh saints and cinders they do that they have a crouch button and it worked great for them yeah yeah i think yeah well, yes, the, the option is exactly. awesome because if you're playing sitting down because you can't stand anymore, then you then you can still duck. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and it's important for accessibility too because not a lot of mm-hmm. people can play standing, and uh, mm-hmm. that's something I had to learn. I know when I did the first prototype for my game, someone asked, uh, you know, they had problems with them playing it standing, and I was almost I was almost offended. I was like, why are you, why are you playing my game sitting down? It's meant to be played standing up. But, <laughs> and then the day I found out there are people that play VR that, you know, are in a wheelchair. They can't stand up. I'm like, oh, well, maybe, maybe yeah. I'm being a little insensitive. <laughs> maybe I should <laughs> let the, yeah, let me give the player the choice. And so now I kind of, I'm less, a little less sensitive about my game. I gave more options to let people play it the way they want to play it. Yeah. Options are always great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, especially in VR. Like without the right options, like some games can just be ruined. <laughs> It's true. Yeah. How many? Um, of... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say a lot of people. There are certain VR games that they just can't play because it's missing certain options. Where do you fall on the? Because I bring this up a lot. Like you hear enthusiasts or see enthusiasts talk, and it's like, if your game doesn't do this, it's not a VR game. Or if it does this type of thing, like, are you pretty open with your opinions? Yeah, I'm definitely pretty open with that because I believe. With VR, there's so many, there's so many possibilities and options with VR that to to rule anything out would be a mistake. So, yeah, I think someone asked the other day too, what what is something that every video game needs? And yeah, I was thinking about, it and the really the only thing I can come up with was a a coherent visual style. Like, yep. if your assets <laughs> come from all over the place, at least make them look like they're supposed to fit together. 
<laughs> but I mean, I think other than that, it's pretty open as long as your your game is uh, somewhat consistent. I think there's a lot of a lot of freedom with what you can do with it. It's just you hear see those enthusiasts who are like, if it doesn't have room scale, it's not a true VR game. And like, to be honest, like you've brought up Skyrim a couple of times. Like, I would play any game on any console with a head, like just with a controller, putting the headset on and being like in the world with just vision alone. I don't care about movement. Like movement in room scale is awesome. There's nothing like it, but not every game needs to do that. And like you said, it's an accessibility thing. Like you can't just make everything that way. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of good games that don't use room scale. You think of uh, Pixel Rips is one of my favorite VR games. Yes. <laughs> that whole game, you're just sitting in one spot, you know, playing, but it it's the lively world. Like there's plenty of interactions. It uses, and oh, that's the other thing. A lot of people are totally against using buttons. And mm-hmm. um, hey, yeah, I think, yeah, to be honest, it is kind of better to, to pull it down on it, not use buttons as much. But I think Fix Rips is a good game that, you know, uses buttons. There's no, no hangups about it and it feels completely natural. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the top games just for immersion alone, where I've actually forgot that I wasn't in that world. <laughs> and it's a sitting down game and you're using, you know, buttons for everything because you're playing video games. So, oh, yeah. That, that game was great. And, uh, I think, uh, Oh, Overload, that's another one that I really liked. Not not as popular, not as many people know about it, but it's basically uh, like Descent, that old DOS game, like the same people made that made this. So yeah, it's basically Descent in VR, and that, yeah, there's no room scale for that, but I love that game. I actually bought two joysticks just for playing that game. <laughs> nice. I don't like the non-inclusionary, inclusionary, whatever you would call it, folks, because like we bought, what's that old West game, PJ, where everyone's dead? Is it Dead and buried. Yeah, I think it's dead and buried. In VR on Oculus. Yeah, yeah. And we, you had like more room or more availability or whatever. But the shootout is room scale, and yeah. you can <laughs> jump to the left, right, take cover behind barrels. But like, I didn't have enough room. Like, I could go, do, <laughs> you know, I could go dedicate an entire room to VR, like a like a guest room or something like that. I got a spare, but I was kind of like, well. I've, set up my office to do all this so pj's like just destroying me because when i yeah. jump behind a barrel i bounce off my wall <laughs> you know, yeah. and stuff like that like there is no option to relocate yourself it's room scale there is no re you know hold down the button and you're right back in the middle of the room like the hold down the reset view viewpoint button and it's just like oh <laughs> like i get it if i had you know a warehouse with nothing in it but padded floors and walls and you know high <laughs> ceiling this would be fantastic what are you going to do? So I kind of, I like options. Yeah. yeah I'm, going up I, I'm in the same situation as you. I have a, it's my small bedroom that I'm in. I can take a, maybe a step or two in either direction. And uh, <laughs> sometimes my wife is gone. There's no cars in the garage. I'll get excited. I'll go in there, set up my giant room scale in the garage. But I'm, I'm so used to playing stationary that I don't even move around anyway. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I forget. Like I play like, Pavlov and stuff and, you know, other shooter games, you just move your joystick and you move your guy behind the wall and you reload. And I'm sitting there like reloading in Pavlov and I look up and PJ's still shooting me. I'm like, I'm not even <laughs> thinking while I'm playing. I'm just playing like I've always played and you got to, you know, you got to duck, you got to dodge. But sometimes I just forget to do all that, too. It's funny. Yeah, we were having I was having a discussion like being a couple other developers about um, what was it, about the use of the joystick for movement. 
And uh, I, I personally don't see a problem with having the joystick. Uh, mm-hmm. Some developers are saying, oh, you know, that kind of breaks VR. Our goal should be to only have you have to turn the user basically implied realistic movement that you you moving your your hands and arms should correlate and i and i think you definitely have games like that but i don't i think every we're all so used to using the analog stick that uh using it doesn't break the immersion because i know yeah when i'm playing samurai slaughterhouse which is the game i play the most because i have to <laughs> but uh i'll, I'll notice that i kind of use a combination of the two even though i'm using the joystick to move around i'll i'll be stepping aside and then my little boundary yeah. will pop up. I'm about to walk into my closet. So, um, <laughs> I think I think the two work together. I think you can you can still have a very immersive experience while still having you know joysticks or a button here and there. Yeah, yeah. I know it's a comfort thing, but I'd actually like teleporting, like for movement. Like when I first got into VR, like that was causing me like more issues than like smooth turn and free you know free roam and all that. Teleporting and snap turning, which are two things to get over, you know, to have comfort options. Those are the only two things that really like mess with my head and give me a headache when I play. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I had motion motion sickness issues at first, but I kind of got over it. I remember yeah. even playing Skyrim. If I teleported too quickly, I would get motion sickness. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, luckily I got over that. I remember the first time I played. Uh, saints and sinners though and it didn't have teleporting i was like oh what do i do (laughs) (laughs) but it's just weird for me like maybe you can answer this as a developer a brand new game comes out and it doesn't have like smooth turn it has snap turn like and i'll like i have to play it i want to play it it's really cool but like that snap turning like just does something to my it's like jarring to my brain and gives me a headache which i can jump off the highest thing in vr and spin around like do anything and not get not have any issues but just snap turning alone is like just kills my head um so i was curious like because every game that does that they come out with smooth turn like a month later like is it just a a time thing or do people honestly think that it's not that important do you think i'm thinking yeah developers just don't realize that it's important i know the first time with my first uh my first prototype because i have like the quest i use wirelessly and so i turn in real life uh so I didn't realize people needed smooth turning. So I had snap turning only in mind. Everyone's like, where's the smooth turning? So I added it in. So I, I do think it's just developers, you know, a lot of times they just won't know because that is something that's that's really easy to add. It doesn't take a lot of time or work. So <laughs> that's what you would think, but I'm not a developer. So I don't want to be like, just put it in there, dummy. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, just, well... <laughs> it still happens. And it's still like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And I think sometimes too, well, maybe this isn't the case, but I know sometimes you think you can get away with your own creative, different way of doing things, but everyone just kind of wants their own way. Uh, yeah. That's kind of what I was saying too with the joystick argument uh, with Gorn. Um, it has a joystick <laughs> now, and it had a joystick when I started playing, but the default setting, and I guess originally the only way you can move around was by like kind of grabbing Knuckle out drag. and like pulling <laughs> yourself in space, yeah. which I. I personally, not only was that hard for me to do, but I personally hated that because I've had weird dreams where I have a hard time moving and I have to do that to move. Oh, no. And that just brings me back to those dreams. So I'm like, I, I don't want to do this. I don't definitely don't want to swing my arms like I'm doing some kind of weird walking place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was weird because you, you, I don't know if it's still that way, but when I bought Gorn, they had the options, but you start out moving that way. You kind of like grab the ground and pull yourself. 
it didn't make sense for a action game like that where you're swinging your arms everywhere else. Yeah, you need you need the free use of your arms. <laughs> I was thinking yeah. that. Yeah, at least when I played that, that was the default setting. Was that weird grab and pull thing? You had to go and tell them that you wanted the normal movement. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just one of those weird things. Like, uh, I remember again, a Witcher Three had like a not quite as bad as like GTA, where you try to move the character and it just he's going to try to turn instead of just snap like one eighty degrees behind you because you told your joystick to do that. He's going to try to turn. <laughs> it it didn't bother me in Witcher Three GTA. I still like fall off a ledge or something. I've got epic clips where I'm I'm like a <laughs> skyscraper like crane and I fall all the way down like almost each and every each each and every single ladder hole. I like fall down <laughs> it as I'm falling. I'm like because I couldn't turn around to shoot someone. <laughs> but like the Witcher people, the players complain so much they just added that regular you know every other video game control scheme because people wouldn't let off. And I <laughs> no one wants a three-foot turning radius. <laughs> yeah, and, and theirs wasn't like near as bad, but it would like fit because you 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 can't really do that and the clothes would like react. It's like, hey, it looks cool, but everyone's like, nope, we want our own way. And it's like... Yeah, I think that's just how it is. Like, no, it, no matter how far outside the box you go, people are going to want to still have their box there. <laughs> yeah. So how many... Weapons do you plan on having in your game? I'm just curious because I've seen a couple. So I don't even know like a number, but it's going to be <laughs> basically the the way I have the game set up and just going through it. I always have set it up with the intention of being able to easily add content. So basically the only limitation to me putting weapons in the game is is coming up with an idea for a weapon and putting the model in. But yeah, I plan to have pretty much everything you can imagine. I'm going to have like chain weapons, throwing knives, um, any weapon that comes up in an anime or in a movie that makes sense to have. I'm going to try to put in. Uh, it should be a lot. And there'll be a lot of variations too. like in the, the game. I just put the regular katana, but there'll be um, special ones that I don't know, maybe have higher attacks or do fire damage. We'll put some special things in the game, but it'll be. If you can imagine the weapon and it's not in the game, it's just because I haven't gotten a chance to put it in. <laughs> nice. You want to have a, a, I, anyone that has a martial arts fantasy that they watched an anime or a movie and said, I want to be like that character. I want to use that kind of weapon. I want them to be able to live out that fantasy in the game. Nice. So it's not a weapon, but will I have the Sanosuke fish bone option out of my mouth? <laughs> <laughs> we, we can add it. <laughs> That'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, one of the things in the in the game is going to be uh, mask. The way uh, you unlock new abilities is uh, you first find the mask and you put it on. And at first, because, yeah, uh, well, let me give you, go back and give you a little backstory. So the where I got this idea from, there's this thing called No Theater. And that's where you see, like, those Japanese plays where they're wearing the mask. They're like, no, oh, they're hopping around and stuff. Uh, in those uh, in those plays, they wear these masks that are called no masks. And the idea behind the mask is that when you wear that mask, you're actually possessed by the person or character that that mask is supposed to represent. So it helps the actors, you know, portray that person better because they're possessed by them. So kind of playing off that, the way you'll gain new abilities in Samurai Slaughterhouse is you'll find masks. So when you put on the mask and wear it, um, you'll gain the ability. Uh, one of the abilities will be like that kind of dash teleport that I put in the game. 
Um, so when you wear the mask, at first you'll have that ability only when you wear the mask. But then from wearing the mask and having the ability, uh, it'll probably be something simple. Like once you get so many kills while wearing that mask, then you unlock that ability perfectly. Nice. So I think it may be instead of having a mask, you can have that fish bone that you put in your mouth that unlocks an ability. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that could actually work in there. <laughs> That's a that sounds really cool. Like a really good idea to you kind of got to use it a lot and then you have it type of thing. Yeah, exactly. That way you can you know start stacking skills on top of each other. And uh, I think I haven't gotten too far into it, but I'm thinking I may have it where you can kind of advance it to another level beyond that. So you have like a more powerful version of the skill, something like that. But I kind of intentionally put, put grinding in the game just to give it more content without me having to uncraft each and every single experience. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah. So I've definitely got to balance that though. Cause I don't want people to, to feel like they're grinding. I want it to, to kind of feel natural. Like they're just going out and doing things. And then uh, I also don't want heavy grinding needed to get, through the game, it'll be like the really heavy grinding stuff will be like the optional things. So it's people that are because I've got to that place where I've beaten a video game and I want to keep playing it, but there's just nothing left to do in the game. Yeah. I know with uh Super Hot that you know that like we were talking about that's one of our favorite games, and I just ran into that problem. I um I mean I don't have all the achievements, but I beat the record on all the infinite ones and <laughs> I got most of like the time goals and I just kind of ran out of things to do in the game. So I yeah. can now when I want to play it, I just kind of hop in infinite mode and just just play just to play. <laughs> and like when I finish games, I don't really care about achievements so much like some people do. And I get it. But I just like the genuine just walking around. And sometimes when the games don't let you do that, it's just like, come on, <laughs> just even if it's, you know, if I completed the game, give me some special item. But like the save or auto save before the last fight, let me like go take the spaceship and zoom out and just keep doing stuff. And some games when they don't do it, it's like, oh, wasted opportunity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I like, and I, with the kind of gameplay for Samurai Slaughterhouse will be good for that, too, because it's kind of going to be um, sort of like Zelda or like Pokemon, where you kind of have certain areas you can go to. And once you kind of unlock ability or beat a boss, finish the story, you'll be able to, to go to more areas, but you will still be able to go back to the previous areas to revisit them. Mm -hmm. And um, and I'm thinking about having that, you know, be part of the game where you do have to go back and get items from previous, uh, you know, areas that you visited. I kind of think of um, Super Mario World. That was one of my favorite games growing up. And I remember just, ha you know, kind of the adventure. Of, oh, I need a feather to like to do this like specific <laughs> level. So you go back to a different level to get the feather and then bring it over there. Or you go get your purple Yoshi or whatever you want and bring it with you. So I kind of want to do a little bit of that, too, where, you know, you realize you need a certain type of weapon to beat a certain enemy, but it's in a in another town, so you can't have to travel it or do it. Because I, I kind of like that in game. Kind of, they, yeah, they, they give you a purpose to your traveling. And yeah, you know, developers like, and I totally get it. You want to read, you know, get as much like gameplay in a town, so you don't want, you know, you move through one town, go to another, you never have to go back to the other one. And so that you know, you get something later on in the game, you revisit an earlier town, and it makes sense because you know just keep them playing the game and it took a long time to make that town yeah keep them in it but then every time i see one of those like oh i can't get to that ledge i must need a hook shot or something and then i'm like you motherfucker but just, <laughs> i'm gonna do it anyway you know i'm just like oh god i'm here damn it why can't i just jump over the river but it's clever yeah. game game design grinding is always a, a weird hurdle because 
if the gameplay is fun and whether there's story to it or not, like I don't mind some grinding, but like when it's just obvious, blatantly obvious, like yeah, we're not making content here. Go beat on this same thing for like two hours, then it's like no thanks. But yeah, I know I've, I've run into that issue, and that's why, uh, at least with Destiny Two, I kind of stopped playing that a little bit because then. Uh, and it's not even so much the grinding; it's just the, the time frame that they put on it. They're yeah. like, "Oh, you know, here's this new event," and then I try the event. And I'm like, "Oh, I actually like this event." And they're like, "All right, you like the event? Well, you know, do it 200 more times, and you know, get this item." <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah. "I don't like it that much." <laughs> yeah, that that burned us out on Destiny One. Like that came out what was that 2014? I changed jobs, and I had nine weeks off in a <laughs> row, but in between jobs. And all I did was play Destiny 1, and I was helping prep our little, like, game team to get the big raid at the end of that done. And after a while, it was just like, you know, they came out with some DLC, and it was like, here's the same level backwards. And that's my big thing about Destiny. Like, I'll always say, it's the <laughs> same level backwards. And I was just like, I feel so used and betrayed and dirty. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's how I felt when the first DLC came out, too. Because yeah, like, I, I looked at it, and I was like, all right, so this is how much the I'm getting it for my $60, yeah. but I paid $100 for the deluxe edition. So let's see what my $100 gets me. Mm-hmm. And I saw that uh, there was what, like two, two planets in our solar system that were missing. So I was like, all right, <laughs> the next two DLCs are going to be those next two planets. But no, it was the same planet. One of the levels backwards, you know, one yeah, raid. Like, there's that one, uh, whatever they were, the enemies were called. <laughs> Some of them have four arms with like their ship kind of off <laughs> the side of a cliff. And you ran that way, the one mission and the, other, the new mission, you run the other way. And it's like, you because <laughs> some games like grinding makes sense um i don't know if it was well received but those crew games that ubisoft made was oh yeah yeah i like those. a driving mmo yeah like yeah. you're obviously gonna race the same racetrack more than once because you want to get better so you just keep racing the things and that was like well it's technically grinding but that's also practice some games are really good about hiding the grinding which is a good thing like if it's just practice or you just really like the combat and you're going to keep doing it and you're you know able to tweak stuff the grind doesn't really matter um but some games are just like about the grind like hey if we you know we're destiny if we hire behavioral psychologists to see how much <laughs> we can get people to replay the content to give them that piece of cheese and it's like i hate you and i want you all to die in a f- <laughs> yeah, but I think and you can you definitely have the other problem too because I mean talking about that same game Destiny One when I um before the first expansion came out I was playing it every day and mm-hmm. um I loved playing it so much that I wanted to play it but I really just had nothing to do yeah. in the game like even just the daily yeah. the daily quests were the same daily quest over and over um you know if they gave me a mission that said go out and kill like a a thousand fall and I I would have done it but it was yeah. I literally just I wanted to play more and I just had nothing to play so. I think if uh, it's important, you know, put grinding where grinding needs to be and then other and like um, thinking too, one of my favorite games, uh, Way of the Samurai 2 for the PlayStation 2, that game was not at all considered like a grinding game. Like it was a regular um, the way it worked is you kind of played through the story and the story would maybe only take you a few days to beat. But you could replay back through it and get different endings. Um, after I got all the endings, I love the game so much I wanted to play it. And there was uh, different things you can get, like unlockables, like angel wings and just weird cosmetics that it, you had to kill like insane amounts of people to to get it. But I was happy that it that they had that there because it gave me something to to play towards in the game when I was 
completely done with it, but still wanted to keep playing it. But yeah, that is definitely kind of a, a sensitive topic because grinding is a dirty word because it can't just be used yeah. as a way to just say, you know, I'm not making content. I'm just going to make you guys play the same content over and over. Yeah, it, it's Destiny started a trend and it's so like easy to smell it like Anthem smelled it coming, played the demo. I'm like, this is just Destiny. And sure enough, they bombed that one. But and I love Destiny. I just wish it was what they said it was going to be, of course. But I don't know, like it, it all depends on the gameplay, too, because Destiny caught people because Bungie's so good about making shooters. And like, you know, the headshots were quite satisfying and throwing that like the hunter class or characters, or whatever you threw that knife, the throwing knife it hit him right in the head. And it just it just yeah. worked. And the only game I think I've ever gotten all of like the Xbox achievements on was one of the Tenchu games, which is your, you know, your games reminiscent of. So I'm sure I would enjoy grinding in yours, but it's it's all about the gameplay. I, pl- I played that Tenchu Z or whatever on the 360. God, PJ, how much did we play that? I mean, we played the co-op a lot. Yeah, it was hundreds of hours. <laughs> that. Even with the weird ass control scheme that that game had, like to do the moves, you had to like hit buttons, like the weirdest combinations, but it didn't matter. I'd just do like the badger run and just like tear ass across a lawn and like destroy someone and no one ever heard it. Like when you pull those off, it's like that practice, like like the crew games where you just you get so good at that race. You get so good at the car you set up. It felt like that. And that's the way people should do it. You should make that gameplay so good that you don't need to be addicted. You just want to keep doing the loop and not that it i don't know some games are just like you know you gotta you gotta grind so much just to unlock something and it's then they sell you like ubisoft's bad about selling you something that makes it go quicker <laughs> <Yeah>. it's like <laughs> jackasses yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely yeah because i want to give i want to have I, I that's what i'm hoping is that my gameplay is just so good that people just want to play the gameplay so it doesn't feel like grinding it just feels like more things for them to do, you know, while they're playing. And uh, yeah, I think I agree too with like Destiny 1. The game, the gameplay was just so good that you wanted to just play in it. And, uh, you know, you have games like Halo that have that great shooter gameplay, but then you finish that campaign and you're like, well, I can play it on Legendary. I can try to get the skulls, but, you know, you're kind of just, there's not really much incentive to play other than it being fun. So it's kind of nice when you have that, you know, I want to play this because it's fun, but kind of also along the way, I'm, getting little things and locking little things. So kind of at the end of my play session, it feels like I made some progress. So. Yeah. yeah. And I definitely feel bad because like destiny was actually really special when it first came out. And if nobody, if listeners didn't play it um, or they haven't played it, like you missed out on something cool, but after PJ and I just played it so much and we were just sort of like, this isn't really going to get any, better i don't think because yeah. you know there was some strife and they replaced a voice actor for the <laughs> the orb and i was like the new guy is terrible yeah, but talk about a waste of resources <laughs> yeah like and then had, they re-recorded yeah. all of peter dinklage's lines it's like yeah, really, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking you about. had a real yeah. celebrity and you replaced it with lego deadpool i mean yeah <laughs> yeah and it was terrible i can't even go back and play it because of that like yeah. I, I keep getting urges to go just go through the campaign by myself or just say, hey, PJ, let's just go co-op this shit for fun again, just to remember it. But I don't think I can do it with that guy's voice. But anyway, we, we, we'd we beaten the crap out of the game so hard, like we were kind of done. And then some of our friends that don't play as much, like, again, we were we were trying to, like, pump everybody up so we could get that uh, that raid done. Team. <laughs> 
yeah to get the team ready and stuff like that and i <laughs> had like emails from back then where i was like we were army commanders like just like hyping each <laughs> other up it was really funny but he still wanted to play there was nothing left to do but he just really liked the game and one of the guys he just kept playing like doing the the weeklies and then the daily grinding thing and he just kept doing it and i felt sad because we'd all like saw oh, through God. the magic and gotten like bored but he was still there all the time playing by himself i'm like damn it why do they have to do that <laughs> so i appreciate when games keep it true to the you know just make it fun there's no excuse not to yeah absolutely <laughs> well justin we're about at our our time allotted um we can talk forever but is there anything before we finish up you want to share about your game or anything we didn't get to that you wanted to talk about I uh, know. I think we could actually about hit everything. Uh, thanks, guys, for having me on. I definitely had a lot of fun talking about the yeah. game, talking about anime and games in general. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm so happy to see the game you're making because, like I said when I first saw it, I was like, "What the hell is this? This fucking looks sweet." <laughs> if he just showed a little video and a screenshot, and he's like, "Check this out," and I was like, "Oh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I love that shit." And every. <laughs> Every week you share like a new video or even a, just a simple screenshot and it just keeps getting better and cooler. And it's like, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> All right, yeah, definitely get you guys a new uh, new demo once we got something more uh, worth showing. Nice. Or like until then, just even if you have like the soundtrack, like there's another avenue of um, money to be made with the soundtrack you're making there, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah I definitely found out. I mean, like special edition, uh, you know, comes with the soundtrack on Steam, and then uh, I found out a company that presses vinyls too. So I don't know. Nice. Probably maybe sell someone, <laughs> give some away as prizes. You know, if you want to buy it. So, yeah, I will buy one. I <laughs> I just bought a re-release vinyl. That's like a clear orange vinyl special edition to help out like indie record stores for an album I already own and came out like 2008, and I've listened to it a million times. I'm like, ah, just another record. I'll, I'll yeah, vinyls are great. It's so fun to collect. Yeah. <laughs> I was in a store the other day, had these, these little USB suitcases that like you pop open and things flip out and it's actually a record player. And I was like, I have records and I just bought a new one. Maybe <laughs> I should get one. But... Just download the MP3s, I'm sure, but I will buy a record <laughs> in a heartbeat. I don't know why. Never had a record player, I don't think. <laughs> They're cool. Yeah. But yeah, like every all the links to your game and your Twitter and everything you have is in the show notes, your Discord. So anyone listening, that it's a quick click to get you where you want to go. Uh, we'll definitely be sharing screenshots, and when I get some more time, I learn to make some videos and stuff. Because that, like I said, just being in the game, just it feels like you're in like a like a episode of any anime you you've mentioned. So just good time. Definitely. Thanks for having me on. I really had a good time talking to you guys. Yep. Oh, I just came up with a sword idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, Play it on me. Ken, uh, you watch Kenshin, right? Yeah. I'm sure. The second season, uh, I forgot his name, but and he goes to get his sword remade, and there's like the one of the Jupon Gatana guys that attacks a sword maker that his dad made like the Kenshin sword, and he's got like it's like some sword master, and he's got this sword that, like, he whips it out, and it's like it's as thin as a ribbon, so it wiggles all over the place. I don't know how you'd code oh, that or yeah. make that work, but it's like you know, he just kind of does weird shit with it. It's almost like a whip, but it's not one of those chain link whips. It's just like the thinnest sword, and he's just yeah, it is kind of stuff weird. around. That would Ooh. be 
If you could get that to work, that would be like a masterpiece. Like my brain is like, how do you even? Do and you I'm even... like running that through my head. I'm like, can I do it with cloth physics? Can we do it with joints? <laughs> like, also, I'll play around with it. I mean, I already, I'm already planning on doing chain weapons. So I started addressing uh, nice. that that <laughs> challenge a little bit. So I'll, I'll listen to it. Let you know. That's when we send you a demo as soon as that's ready. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't that might you know for me that would be like a rabbit hole that I might never get out of. You know, like I can't release a game until I get this done, and then I'd never release the game or something. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, definitely. It's a like I said, the the payoff effort and payoffs. Uh, it's too yeah. hard. I'll definitely give up on doing that. <laughs> <laughs> You're sitting there. It's like I spent ten on ten hours on this. Fuck that Wookie guy. <laughs> Oh, you don't even know my life. <laughs> I've spent like three hours trying to get a fish to look realistic when it swam. Not not, not trying yeah. to get it to swim. It swam. I was just adjusting numbers and values to try to make the fish look believable. Yeah. I, most people don't do that stuff. They get birds flying in games, and it's like, that is the worst for a AAA title. That bird looks like he's made out of one of those balsa wood little flying airplanes from the 50s or something. Like, come on. They could, they could use some more of that. Sorry, keep sidetracking us and we're trying to end. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've noticed some of our episodes have more endings than the Lord of the Rings movies. <laughs> <laughs> our poor guests are trying to get out of here and we just keep talking about shit. <laughs> it's hard not to keep talking. The kids are all crying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we haven't eaten since noon. <laughs> All right, man. This is great hanging out. Great to talk. I'd love to have you back when you when you release the game or early access or anything you want to share. Like, just let us know. All right, yeah, sounds good. We'll keep in touch. Look forward to uh, hearing more of your podcast too, guys. Like, uh, since you hit me up, I've been uh, listening to. Them. I've been enjoying them. So, good stuff. That's good to hear. I I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's great stuff. I love it. Awesome. <laughs> All right, well, I'll let you guys go then. Uh, have a good night. And uh, yeah, thanks again for having me on. I always, always love getting to chat about VR. Yeah, thanks. Same here. If you need to replace any CDs, let me know. I'll, I'll chip in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, those, those are just like display cases only. Like, those are just, to, those are just for decoration. It's the, the cases probably need more than the CDs. <laughs> nice. Have right, a good night, sir. All right, good night, guys. <laughs> See ya. Well, everyone, that was Justin from Tab Games working on Samurai Slaughterhouse. Definitely click any of the links in the show notes and at least check out some screenshots and tell me you don't need new pants because it's amazing. It's definitely cool to hear, you know, someone passionate enough to do all this stuff on their own from the audio to drawing. Yeah, it's cool stuff. Uh, I can't even. (laughs) And for it to come out so cool, I just, it's blows my mind every time all right this was episode 66 and i am pj i'm wookie and this was our vr verdict and it is not episode 66 and 68 what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say no i didn't catch that (laughs) like i said i've been up since three (laughs) yeah i know it's probably not safe